Hey, this is the Teachers and Tattoos podcast, Teachers and Tattoos. My name's Marcus, and today I'd like to start a two-part series where I give you tips on how to prepare for the teaching interview. Now, full disclaimer here, most of my experience comes from secondary education, teaching high school, but let's get started. Number one, one of the questions you might encounter is what are you willing to do outside of the classroom? And so if you get a question like this, what they want to know, what the panel would like to know is beside of, besides your regular classroom duties, what are you going to do to build the culture of this school? And there are four ways that you can answer that. Okay. What are you willing to do outside of the classroom? Well, the first thing might be to coach or just get involved in sports. Do you have sports background? Did you play basketball, football, soccer, baseball? If you played sports, it seems like a natural bridge to get involved with the sports at your new job. Maybe you don't want to spend the time coaching, okay? So you don't volunteer to coach. Maybe you volunteer or you say you'd be willing to run the shot clock at the basketball games or collect tickets at the football games, right? If you like sports and you want to be around sports, that might be a way to address uh, things that you can do outside the classroom. Uh, another thing to do outside the classroom would be to become a part of a club, to be an advisor or a co-advisor for a club. Now, clubs are usually student-run. They just need an adult, a teacher, to be the advisor. And so you could help fundraise, help organize. Maybe you're really into reading and there's a reading club and they could use your help. Or maybe you're really into fitness and you'd be interested in being a part of a fitness club or starting a fitness club. Right? Clubs are perfect ways to get involved uh, with really minimal risk, you're really just going to meetings and setting things up with the kids. And so these are good ways to get involved uh, outside the classroom. Uh, another thing to do would be to attend, uh, you know, professional development trainings. That's something you're willing to do. You'd be willing to go to a training on a Saturday to get better as a teacher, right? That's something you're willing to do outside the classroom that's going to make your classroom better, right? Attend trainings, attend professional developments. You'd be willing to do those things. You don't need to know the dates, but you can lay it out in the interview. Yeah, I would be willing to go to any trainings available or go, maybe you have mapped it out. Go to this training if it's available, if it is funded. Is there a summer institute you'd like to go to, a winter institute? And then the last thing I say you can do outside of the classroom to really sell yourself would be to you know, be a part of collaborative teams on campus. Maybe you want to be a part of the um, science curriculum team. So you would not only meet with other science teachers at your district, I'm sorry, at your site, then it would go to the district with other schools and then possibly even other counties. So being a part of that kind of collaborative team, that's again going to make you better and you're also going to represent your new school, your new job in a positive light. Uh, maybe a safety team, earthquake drill team, fire drill team, things like that. Do you have background in safety, maybe CPR certification? Then a safety team might be something you want to be involved in. Um, I should also note if you have CPR certification, you know, that's, uh, that's going to help with coaching too. So, yeah, there are several things you can do to uh, help or to be involved, I should say. There's several things you can do to be involved outside the classroom. A uh, second question or a second idea that might come up. Uh, would be the special populations at this school site, right? How will you address the special populations? And when I say special populations, don't just think special education, although that is a special, special population on campus, but it might be the group of students that are socioeconomically disadvantaged, right? They have free lunch because uh, they don't make enough money and, and they declared that at the beginning of the year 
when they registered. Or 70% of your students uh, speak another language at home, and so really they're English learners. And so I would say to address your special populations, the first thing you're going to need to do is identify your special populations. So know the school where you're interviewing. Do a demographic search. It's all online. Okay, search up the information on that school, know your special populations, and then go back to your training, go back to your credential. What have you learned? What strategies have you learned to scaffold, to build your lessons around those special populations? If you went through a good credential program, there's no doubt in my mind that you have some strategies to fall back on. Have you been substituting, okay? Did you learn any strategies in your student teaching? Identify the population, identify the strategies that you can help, okay? And I could lay all the strategies out. Well, I couldn't lay them all out. Alphabet soup, you know? But um, they're out there. You need to know your strategies. Okay, number three, how do you create an effective learning environment? How do you create a positive classroom culture? And that starts with the teacher, that starts with you, okay? You wanna be professional, you wanna be respectful of students and other adults, uh, professional in your dress, professional in your manner, professional in your communication. Uh, I like to wear a shirt and tie most days. I like to greet students at the door. We don't have a special handshake. I just say hi, give them the head nod, fist bump, whatever. But I like to be present when my students come to the classroom so they know that I mean business. Uh, also, when you're in the classroom, right, you don't want to just be sitting around, not really doing anything, having the kids on autopilot. Uh, you want to be engaging with the kids. And so, again, it's going to really start with you to be effective. Engage your students. Um, be that classroom that they want to go to. You know, it doesn't have to be because you're the smartest person alive, but you've got that culture where they want to be there. They know that they're going to be treated uh, professionally and respectfully by you and then by other students because they'll be catching on. Uh, another way to create an effective learning environment, I would say, is routine for the students. They need to have some routine. Okay, is there an agenda on the board every day? Do the students know every day to come and look on the board to find out what they're going to be doing? What objective they're going to accomplish are they speaking today is it a listening activity is it a little bit of both okay um, if it's not on the board is it on a classroom website is it on an app on their phone do they have it written in their notebook the students need to know what's going to be asked of them they want that structure okay so you have to have some routine i like to have you know certain days we do certain things monday is always a creative writing day for us Tuesday and Thursday is always a reading day, a personal reading day. Now, not the whole class or the whole class time, I should say, the whole hour. But students know on Tuesdays and Thursdays, bring their personal reading books that I've already looked over with them. And we're going to spend a small chunk of time doing some personal reading. And that's the routine that they get used to. Okay. If you do a quiz on Friday, okay, is that a part of your routine? Maybe you have never taught before. This might be your first job, but when you project how you want it to look that's how you want to answer this right as far as uh, the routine goes you want it to be safe you want it to be safe you want the students to know that they're safe okay uh, emotionally and physically so you want to be again you want to model respectful behavior no put downs no bullying and then the students will catch on uh, that that's not allowed and then again I keep talking uh, but good communication right you want to have good communication with the students so communicating what they did right, what they did wrong, communicating their grades, 
on a regular basis so there are no surprises. Uh, and it, if you do that, they're going to respect uh, your classroom institution a little more because they know that, okay, look, the grades are posted. He's letting me know what I have done and what I need to get done and what I did wrong, okay? Communicating those things. And then communicating with the parents is huge, okay? That's going to have a good environment because if you can connect the parents to your classroom with a phone call, preferably, or an email, some kind of communication, okay, that's going to help the student, all right, build a relationship with the classroom, all right? The parent connection is important. So you want to communicate with them, whether it's good or bad, okay? Two years ago at my school, our principal wanted us to call every student's parent within the first week, and I did, and it was great. It's great just talking to them. So make sure you're communicating. So that's how you create an effective environment. Again, just my tips. Uh, number four, let's go to number four. This might be one of my favorite questions because it's brag time. Number four, number four is brag time, right? What is your educational background? That's a great question to answer because you know all the answers. They may have it on your resume and in your references and your GPA and where you went to school, but now it's time to talk about the educational awards you received, uh, certificates, credentials, honors, accolades, all right? If teaching is your first career, right, you may, you may have had some small jobs in between high school and college and college and teaching, but teaching is your first career, you have more of a linear path. You went high school, college, credential, teaching. Maybe you got your master's, we'll leave it out for this example. So in high school, what kind of honors, okay? Did you graduate with honors? Were you a part of a, a society, a club in high school? What did you do that was so awesome in high school for your education? Were you an athlete, okay? Were you a student athlete? That's a part of education. How about college? Were you a part of, again, any societies in college? What was it like in college? What did you major in? What clubs, sports, again, um, dean's list? What was so special about college? And then, you know, your credential, uh, again, you could talk about different trainings you may have done in your credential, and you're talking about your ed education. Again, you're talking about all the great things that you did. Uh, if you have maybe what I call nonlinear, meaning if it's nonlinear, teaching is your second career, you might have certifications from another job. You might have, um, you know, a community service certification. Uh, you're good with people. You might have a communications certificate for your old job. Um, you might have CPR certifications. So. All of these things that you've gone to trainings for, now's the time where these things come out, okay? Talk about any trainings that you have done for teaching. Are you signed up for professional developments, whether you get this job or not, okay? And how about this, educational background. Are you bilingual? That's a great one. Speak another language, write another language, read another language, that's great. That's great to know. All right, so we're, la we're down to the last question here. Uh, I struggled between this one and another one, but I'll add the other one on the next podcast, like I said. So question number five, uh, you could get asked, what's a typical lesson plan, right? Or a typical week of study, maybe your favorite lesson plan, or maybe a lesson plan that bombed. It was terrible uh, and what you would do to fix it. That's always fun to answer, but let's go with, you know, we'll wrap up typical lesson plan and favorite lesson plan. And so the first thing I'm going to say I feel is the most important here is you need to frame this lesson within a larger unit, okay? 
You don't want this to be some crossword puzzle the kids just came in and sat down to build background on the vocab. Okay, that's not as engaging as something that you have framed as being towards the middle of a research lesson based on what the kids already know. So what I'm saying when I say framing, does this come at the beginning of your lesson? Okay, say you're doing a research lesson for a history class. This lesson comes at the beginning, and so this might be a lesson on how to conduct research, where to look, okay? Um, is this a language arts class? Maybe you've been um, you know, doing some thematic work with a, a novel and some outside sources, and you're getting close to an assessment, but you're preparing for an assessment. So what are the kids going to be doing in this lesson that's getting them ready for the assessment, and how does it build on what they already learned in the unit. So you don't have to outline the whole unit. You don't have to outline a whole month of study, but you do want to give reference as to where this lesson is coming into place. Okay, at the beginning, the middle, the end. Uh, what do the students need to know already? What's their prior knowledge? What's their background knowledge info? What are they going to know after this lesson? What will they be able to do? What are the key words they need to know? Right? Are there key terms that they will get in this lesson? Will they get key terms in this lesson or was it the lesson before? Uh, what are the ideas, main ideas, right? What's your essential idea or question behind this lesson? And then what standards are you hitting, right? This lesson, how does it reach the research standards for history in the 10th grade? Or what is the writing objective for this language arts lesson? So always know what your standards and objectives are. All right, so those are the five, right? What are you willing to do outside the classroom? How do you address special populations? How do you create an effective learning environment? What is your educational background? And what's a typical lesson plan? I hope this helps. Uh, if you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, leave me a comment if you have any questions about anything that was covered. And I will be dropping the second part uh, shortly. Thank you very much. This has been Teachers and Tattoos.